Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Randy, how's it going? Hey, going good. How are you doing, Jake, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm uh, itching to jam. We're sitting here talking about Frisbee, and it's working me up. I know, I know, I know. I'm with you. So, so we're here with a special guest, Ryan Young from uh, Seattle. He's one of our best jam buddies. Uh, hi, Ryan. How are you? I am good. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, well, today we wanted to talk to you a little bit about your electronic judging system. Um, and so for those who are listening and don't know what that is, um, so typically Freestyle Frisbee is judged uh, on paper. The judges are nine of them on a panel and they uh, all write their scores down on a piece of paper and then the head judge tabulates that all into a spreadsheet to calculate the scores. And uh, Ryan has been working very hard to replace the paper that the judges use with tablets so that they can enter the data real time into the computer rather than having to hand enter it after the fact. So we refer to that as the electronic judging system. Uh, so um, Ryan, do you want to talk a little bit about that with us? Uh, yeah. Cool. So um, why don't you uh, give us an overview and then kind of tell us where the idea came from. All right, so basically it just converts all the paperwork and math and like any sort of human error. It just tries to avoid all of that by having the judges in real time just enter their scores directly into uh, electronic form. And it's all networked together and it does it instantly. And the idea is just to take as much burden off of the tournament organizers during the tournament. And so I actually got this. So the the reason this came about was 2013 Worlds in Santa Cruz. So, so was, I was playing for maybe five years at this point. I didn't really know how to run a tournament or how much work goes into it a lot more than I thought. And so it was in the U.S., so... Like, we're all down there, and I'm staying with a bunch of people from this area, like Portland, Seattle area. And one of the people staying, I was staying with is Lisa Hunricks, who usually runs the Worlds when it's up here in Seattle. And so she knows what's going on. And one of the things that happened at this tournament was there was not much pre-planning. So Lisa stepped up and just, like, crunched it all through, like, whatever we needed for the tournament. And I was staying at the house and normally we go to sleep or I go to sleep during the competition at like 11 o'clock at night so I can get a good night's sleep. But they, Lisa was up with Bethany, just entering numbers, like seeding teams, like looking up player rankings, just like the two o'clock in the morning every night. I'm like, wow, that is inefficient. And so I was like, I can do this. I can make something to make this so much better. And that's how it came about. So, okay, so do you have a background in software or judging or how to, what's your skill that brings you into this? Uh, yeah, so I'm a computer programmer. Uh, I work for Amazon at the moment. 
Okay. So you basically saw this as a software challenge that you thought you could solve. Yeah, I was like, I don't think this will be that hard to to take care of. Well, it's interesting. You- so you you looked at this, so you you saw it as an admin kind of thing, like take that burden off of of just calculating stuff, but you've kind of taken it up to another direction too of of um trying to get judging happening real time as well. Isn't that correct? Yes. So after a few iterations, I realized that there was more than one problem (laughs) naturally. So like one of them was just entering the data and like doing things that computers are good at is like a huge win. But another part is as people were entering scores, like I realized they had a hard time just entering scores at all like that there was two problems hidden in the paper like so when like when you go to a tournament you'll notice there's a lot of downtime between rounds a lot of that is entering scores and how could that be improved and like i spent a lot of time trying to think how to make my electronic system speed that process up but i realized it's not a hundred percent the it can't be fixed 100% through just electronic. It has, like, the whole system has to be, has to accommodate for a speedy judging process. I, I think that's what you're, you're talking about. Yeah, so you, so you started, like, okay, instead of just people tabulating, making marks, you, don't, you, don't you have a, something that's kind of like a knob or you're using, like, an Xbox controller now to sort of get that real-time people are judging what they're seeing? Right? Is that kind of what you've got going? Yeah. So when I run my own tournament here in Seattle, I can just do whatever judging system I want. So what I was targeting this past year is have the most intuitive, no prep and no post tabulation judging system. Those were kind of like the pillars. And what I did was I used an Xbox controller and I used the analogy of a car. So the Xbox controller, if you don't know, has two triggers on the bottom. And I made the right trigger gas and the left trigger brake. And so while you're watching the routine in real time, you're pulling the trigger on the controller. When they do something good, you like make the car go forward. And when they drop, you pull the, tr- the brake to make the car go slower. And so that's kind of like what the judge is thinking. But on the backside, I'm doing all these calculations where I'm like averaging the, like I'm taking like intervals of time and like integrating all the scores and giving bonuses where like they peak things like that but the judge all they're thinking about is go or stop see i think that i think that is great that because that alleviates all sorts of pain points so just not the admin part but it's like it's real time so that the audience knows what's going on is that correct like they they would be able to see kind of the lines of of how they're competing against a, a previous team. Is that right? Totally. So I also have, I carry out one of my giant 24 inch monitors and I set it up kind of like the scoreboard you see in a stadium where you'll see the previous team kind of like when you watch downhill skiers go to the gates, they have splits. So I do the same thing where I'll have splits. So like at the halfway mark, you'll see they're 20 points behind or they're winning by 20 points at this point in the routine. And I also graph it. So it's like a line graph kind of growing, kind of like all those investment commercials of God, all the points is... growing. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's like, uh, 
you know, it's also, it's like real time, like the judges are actually evaluating what they're seeing. They're kind of not reflecting back a little bit, even if, you know, the current system, we got the 15 second blocks and you kind of are looking back and trying to calculate. But what you have is like really like watching somebody does a good catch and they're getting a plus and like, oh, there's a drop, they're getting a, a minus or they're, you know, getting a a, a break instead of the, the accelerator. Uh, what's also interesting, I was just, so if you had a big enough screen, like could players like in, in the round, could they look up and see like, oh my gosh, we got to do more because we're still behind the previous team. Is that like, could you see people doing that? Definitely. I totally want to push a system that's more adapt while you're competing. And that's kind of part of competing is like having the availability of feedback to you in real time and being able to adapt to that. What do you think about that, Jake? You like you like the the idea? Um, yes, I definitely like the idea. I think um, for a few different reasons, I guess. Um, I I do like the idea that you're in the routine. You can look at your scores and adjust how you're playing. But I'm not sure because like you have to be so focused on the play. It'd be pretty tough to then look up at the score and go, "Oh, I need to go bigger right now because I'm behind." Maybe it's possible. But I think that uh, I think, oh, I would simplify it. So it'd be like we can do a yellow, green, like a red, green, yellow situation where it's just like if you're green, you're ahead. If you're yellow, you're close. If you're red, you're behind. Like that's that's it. So you get the you get the light and then you the color and then you know what what do you need to go bigger or not? Yep. Yeah, that could work. I guess my perspective on the real time judging is more for an audience. Um, I think. One of the challenges that the current the current way we conduct our our world championships is um, an audience watches a team play, but then they don't see what score they got. So all you're really seeing is the play, but you're not seeing uh, what the outcome of the play is. And so even at the very end, the, the rounds are over, all eight teams have played, you still don't see who won until later on in the day. And so as an audience member, Without that instant gratification, the only value that this has is the artistic value. It doesn't have a, this is a competition, the sport value. If we bring in real-time scores, even if they're real-time at the end of the routine, more like um, figure skating, I think that's good enough. But even more exciting would be real-time, like as they're playing scores. An audience can see that, and then they can start to equate what they're seeing with some sort of a point value. Uh, and it becomes more than just an art. It becomes a sport and a competition. And I think that's more engaging to people than, uh, than the way we have it today. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I feel like uh, kind of the way that our system is, it's all about the players. And, and, and I, mean, I think that's got to have it be about the players, but there's got to be some relationship with the audience or who you're performing for so that, that you get a much richer experience. Right now, it's just like, People come and watch a tournament and they have no idea what's going on and they'll never, we don't have the way to let them in. Yeah. So interesting. So Ryan, you basically, what you're saying is that you do an electronic system that is, that uses the FPA current judging system, but you have a, a parallel one that you use a potlatch. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That is true. Yes. So with the potlatch, when you're able to iterate and change it around a lot. That is true. Yeah. So um, you want to talk about the iterations that you've gone through and what you've kind of what you've learned along the way? Yeah, so 
think this is the third iteration. The first one started out much more complicated. So in the beginning, I was like, I'm going to make the, perf the system I think should be used, which was if you drop, you lose all your points for that sequence. And if you do really hard things, you should get exponentially more points. So it's a risk reward thing you're doing in real time. And that went OK the first year. The I found out it's hard to judge difficulty in real time by, I think I had, it was something like I gave the judges a numpad and they would have to like type in a number for every move that they did. So it'd be like, they did like three rolls and a guidance would be like two, 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 six, something like that. And that just turned out to be overwhelming. So the next year I changed that diff part to just dragging your finger up and down on the screen. So it was more intuitive. And at the bottom of the screen, it was zero and at the top, it would be 10. And as you moved your finger up and down, it would speak out of the speakers back to the number you're at. So it'd be like three, four, five, six, five, four, three, as you moved your finger up and down and you just kind of just like, just kind of get the, the feel of the combo. And that helped out a lot. And then in the third iteration, I was like, there, that's, that's too much. That's already too complex. We're going with just good or bad. And that's, that's kind of how it came around to what we have now. I'm just going to talk, we can talk about something else and we'll come back to what the next iteration is. Oh, no, talk about the next iteration. I'm very curious. Okay. So the next iteration is instead of using an Xbox controller that has two, like, four, go and stop, we're going to use, like, a volume knob that you'd find, like, in your car or on a stereo. And it would go from zero to ten that way. That way you have fine control, but you can... It's very tactile because you know like what your hand position is. And so you can, when you see something good, you can go three quarters of the way. But if you see something incredible, you can turn it all the way up and feed that into the same calculations that I'm using now. Interesting. Are you using the Griffin volume knob? <laughs> you figured out so how you that, that is That is interesting because so, that was one of the things that I think people are reluctant about the electronic judging system is that so it's not just a global knob you actually can break it down into into the category so you would have a diff knob and then you would have a artistic impression knob as well a volume and then a, how would execution have its own knob or would you have just two two like for artistic impression and diff because maybe execution would be getting added in there just by nature of people doing pluses and minuses that is totally true. Like execution can be accounted for in in diff per se. Like that's how figure skating does it. Well, so, well, well, I would ask. So, from your um, experience in doing potlatch, you had the first two iterations where you had three categories, right? And then the last iteration, you had just the one category, which was a raw score. Did yeah. you see any um, value in one or the other? Versus, you know, you know what I mean? Like having multiple categories versus having a single category. Do you think that really changes the outcome much? It is hard to say because of such a small sample size. But there were there weren't any complaints. But it's also potlatch. It's a friendly tournament at a like a world's level event. I think you. It's hard to like unbiasedly look at that kind of thing because 
I feel like there's a lot of errors made in the current system that we just take for, we just overlook. But you, we really have to like compare those to the errors of a new system, which would all those new errors would be very obvious to us. Right. Well, that's in, so. What errors do you see in the current system? Like you just said, we we over, we just sort of ignore. What are some of those errors that you see? Uh, a good one is someone does a guide us. Like, what do you give that in diff? Like, it's very hard to find an agreement on that. Most people would be like, well, it depends on these like five factors. And like, well, what if you do it in a vacuum? What is the number? You still won't be able to come to an agreement. So that's yeah. That's just one. So yeah, and you did a thing called Diff Made Easy, right? Where you learned a yes. lot about this. So talk about that a little so bit. So that's yeah. So I would say the the biggest thing that I learned from Diff Made Easy is that point that you can't get people to agree what a score is. Like some more common moves, like Guidus, have a tighter uh, spread between because everyone's voting independently without knowing what anyone else voted. So you can there is a spread. But even like Guidus, which is one of the most common catches, had like a two-point spread. And everyone's watching the same video of the move being done. So maybe there needs to be a standard there or some kind of solution to establish like first like what this move is worth. But you know what's interesting though? So I just thinking, so I wonder if you would still have that variation. So if, if you had you know, people are writing down a number for what a guidance is, or if they had the diff knob, like would there, would you have that, that variation in score? Like, would it be, well, I wonder if it would be closer if everybody would all be on the same page with the knob, or would you still have that difference? I think you would still have that difference. It's hard to say without testing it out though. And it's also really hard to test that and get like very clear data. But I don't, I think you have to compare it to the value of making it audience friendly. Like does like, okay, so this is how I think about it now. Like there's definitely people getting under rewarded and other people getting over rewarded in the current system already. That's like for sure happening. If that also happens in a new system, but it's 10 times better to watch from an audience perspective and there's no downtime between rounds, that seems like a, just a win to me. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Completely I, agree. I don't know if we'll ever get to a point where we can make a, 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 a big shift like that. Uh, seems like a, just from my perspective, it seems like people are really reluctant to try change or do something that is out of the box. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how you, I'm not sure how you move that needle. What do you guys, yeah, well, do you think that needle can get moved? I mean, I think, and I'm curious to hear Ryan's perspective too, but I think that with without changing our current system much or um, maybe at all, that it's possible to get a lot more audience friendly just by using a system like the one Ryan's developing where people can enter, where the judges can enter their scores into the tablets, therefore the scores are available to the audience real time. And that may not take the downtime between rounds down very much, but it will at least make the scores available. So I, there, I, my my perspective is we should look for the things that are that are less contentious to change, so that we can get the changes done, so that we can make things more audience friendly. That is a good way to go to get these incremental changes in. But at some point, we're going to have to make like we're going to have to make the big change and be like, 
here's what we care about and everything else can be changed. I do agree yeah, with that. Some, yeah, at some point you got to make the leap, right? You got to, the incremental oh. only gets you so far. And I, yeah. I just, you know, I don't know if there's, as I say, you know, uh, freestylers are all lead guitarists. You know, there's not many bass players or drummers or, you know, everybody's just like, so everybody has such strong opinions. It's, it's hard to get consensus. And I don't, I'm, and that's why I go back to the incremental changes. Sorry, that's why I go back to the incremental changes because uh, you don't have to get consensus for small changes. So you can start driving in a specific direction with incremental changes. And as soon as you do that, you build enough credibility that people start to go, okay, these guys know what they're doing. Maybe we should actually make the adjustment. And of course, some people aren't going to agree and they're going to get upset. But if you get enough consensus, you can make the change. But so a lot of times, that's, I think it's not just that we're lead guitarists. I think it's that we're very, uh, very in the idea guy space. Like we start talking about an issue and suddenly it becomes every single possible aspect of the problem versus let's just pick one thing and deal with it. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. I see that point of view as well. So, well, gosh, uh, that was, thanks for sharing that, Ryan. I didn't realize the, the depth and breadth that you had uh, gone to, to get to where you are and uh, really appreciate all the work you're doing. All right, Randy, that's a wrap. I think it's time to jam. That sounds like a great idea. We'll see you next week, Jake. Okay, talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check out our website. 